Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast, where we sit down with meetings and events industry leaders to explore breaking trends, event planning best practices, the future of events, and more. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the Cvent Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. All right, before we get to today's topic, a couple things. First, you can read more about today's episode on the Cvent blog at cvent.com slash podcast. That's C-V-E-N-T dot com slash podcast. We love getting emails from our listeners, so contact us at podcast at cvent.com. You can also get updates on future episodes through Cvent's Instagram and Facebook. Now, today's episode is all about the event maturity model. We're going to talk to Mike Dietrich. He's the Senior Director of Product Marketing at Cvent. Yeah, and what I thought was so cool about the event maturity is it's a set of tools for any event planner or professional, and it assesses the organization's event maturity. So the event professional, whether that's a planner or marketer or any other role, their job isn't to provide an event for 2,000 people. It's really to deliver 2,000 individual experiences. Yeah, that blew my mind when he said that. Super because cool. Because it's so true. So without further ado, let's hear what Mike had to say. So why don't you just give us the quick intro? What is the event maturity model, sort of high level? What should we know about this? Sure. Well, so the event maturity model is kind of uh, our contribution to the uh, to the event professional community, right? As we as we look across the landscape of meetings and events, and we talk to our customers every day, what what we hear a lot from them is is my God, the the space is changing so quickly. This this industry and the event profession has gone through such amount of rapid change in the last several years that it's kind of hard to know what good looks like anymore, um, and that everybody has tons of questions about what am I doing compared to my peers? Are they doing something better? Can I adopt that and improve my overall program and the results I get? And so, you know, eventually you hear that over and over again and you decide you decide to do something about it. Um, so what we did is we, we built an evolution model um, that hopefully provides kind of a a map and compass to the event professional community um, that helps them understand kind of where they are um, in relation to their peers and and, and maybe more importantly, gives them some real practical tips on, on how they can improve at, at multiple different levels of execution. Yeah, learn from the best, basically. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we, you know, we've got, we got a front row seat into this industry. Yeah. Um, and so let's, let's do something good with that. Yeah, yeah I definitely. totally agree. Well, Mike, what got you so interested in this topic? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I've I've been in in the marketing function for for many years, and so for a lot of years, you know, events, meetings, and events were were part of my marketing mix. Right? They were parts of 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 the things that I used to engage and attract customers, and and you know, just in, get, continue to engage with them after they become customers. Uh, and so, they've, uh, meetings and events has always kind of been on my radar screen. And then when I joined Cven about four years ago. Um, really uh, you know got a got that window into the business of events right and the multiple different you know ways that people approach them that people execute them um, and so it was that that got me really interested uh, and my team really interested in how can we put kind of a very practical model together that that help people improve 
That's really cool. And I have to imagine that when you guys went into this project, you had some idea of what you thought you were going to find. But as we all know, once you start digging into the data and really start developing the model, I'm sure some of those perceptions changed. Were there any sort of common myths that you think you came across? Yeah, it, you know, it, it's interesting. I guess I, I think the maybe the the biggest myth buster here was we really thought that that most of the people that went through this model um, would land in you know one or two areas, and I, I think we'll talk about this later on. Right, there are four stages of event evolution, and we thought that yeah, you know, look, most of the people that are gonna that are gonna engage with this, they're gonna be at this stage. Well, we couldn't have been wrong, more wrong. Um, what we found was that there are people all over this model. There are people in phase in stage one, there are people in stage four, there are people in stage two and three. Um, and that what, what, what that kind of really showed us is there's, there's really no wrong place to be. Um, it, it's not like you're doing anything wrong if you're in one phase versus the other. But what we found common was that everybody wanted to know how to improve. Everybody wanted, give me a couple practical things I can start doing um, to help my event program mature and help us get more out of it. So, Brooke, that was one of the big, that was one of the big ahas is there are varying levels of execution and maturity all over the place. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you can always grow. You can always learn. You can always improve. Um, it sounds like we're going to get a lot of that from the maturity model. But looking at our audience, the event professionals, the planners, the marketers, why should they pay attention to this? Like, why is this going to make it so important for their live event planning and execution? Got it. Well, so a couple things immediately come to mind, right? The, the, the first is, look, all of our research tells us that about 24% of a, of a marketing budget is typically spent on meetings and events. And so, look, the, the stakes are high, right? When, a, when an organization is putting that kind of investment into a meetings and event program, um, they want to see results and they want to see those results continue to improve year over year. So so that's one of the reasons that we think it's, it's kind of important to understand how this model can be used and how it can be used to make you better. But but even outside of the financial benefit, perhaps, is, wow, I mean, look, it is a, uh, all of us know this, right? It is a noisy and fragmented media landscape out there. Um, it, it, there's just been an explosion of digital ways that you can get in touch with your customers and try to keep them. Um, but with all that explosion and fragmentation, what we see more and more is it's more important than ever to reach and engage your, your prospects face-to-face. -face. Um, Harvard just did this wonderful study, I think it was in Harvard Business Review, that they, they did this comprehensive study that showed that you are 34 times more likely to get a yes if you ask the question face-to-face -face than if you ask it over the phone or over email. And so look, um, even in this explosion of, of digital and media fragmentation, um, we kind of we kind of continue to do business with the people we trust, uh, and so those are two reasons why I think you know this topic hopefully will resonate with with your audience. Brooke is that um, there's a lot of investment going into this space, and so they need to see results. And also, it just is it's especially relevant now. I think that that these face to face meetings uh, need to be in people's wheelhouse and and remain ways to engage with their customers. Yeah, absolutely. I can't even begin to describe how beneficial that is, and. 
I wanted to ask you though, I know that this is uh, you know the event maturity model, so obviously there's a re uh, resource on this, but what are some of the other resources that are available for this topic? Great, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we look, we look a lot, we look around um, a, a lot of different resources to continue to help us improve, even even here within our own company. Um, so you're absolutely right. I mean, this is, we've, we've got the model here, we've got the ebook companion of this model, which gives a tremendous amount of detail to help people improve, but there are also wonderful resources out there already. Um, like the, the event manager blog comes to mind. Uh, it's just one of many wonderful resources out there where very talented event professionals are sharing their wisdom and best practices with the community. Uh, so that's just another one that comes to mind immediately. Okay, great. Well, I think we should dive right in here a little bit. I, I wanted to ask you, can you talk to us a little bit about the ever-changing job description of an event professional? I know it's definitely different now than it was, uh, you know, even uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, um, love to. So the, you, you put your finger on it. The, the job description of an event professional is is really changing. Um, a couple things are are driving that, and actually, these factors are some of the things that caused us to create this model. So the, kind of the first way we see the job description changing is there's this there's this rising expectation of relevance and value that attendees are bringing to, to live events. You know, they're, they're, look, they're probably taking that expectation right from their consumer experiences, whether it's Netflix or Amazon, right? They want relevant content and they want value and convenience. And those are the things that are kind of driving behavior and driving adoption. And, and when we look at how that impacts the, 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 the live event world, that rising expectation for, for relevance and value starts at really how you market the event to these people. People, how you treat them on site, the experience you're, you're able to deliver on site. So that was one way that we really saw the, the, the job description of an event professional changing is they really got to push the envelope on relevance and value. The, the second one is the second kind of big trend is this proliferation of technology. And I got to say, you know, guys, I'm, I'm afraid Cvent is kind of is kind of guilty here um, in contributing to the proliferation of technology out there. But there is now almost a bewildering assortment of technology that event professionals can assemble for, for their meetings and events. This wasn't the case five, 10 years ago. Um, whether it's a mobile app or check-in or on-site badging and checking or appointment scheduling tools, um, you've almost now got to be a technologist or have a deep uh, technology skill set to, to, to be able to navigate this. Um, and then the other one we see is, is proof of impact, right? Um, and this ties right back to that 24% of budgets being spent on live and events. When that type of investment and focus is going into any marketing activity, there really is a heightened expectation that you're going to be able to drive results and prove results. Um, so when you put all those together, right, while, while our event professionals have always had to be, you know, great planners and great problem solvers, increasingly they're being asked to be marketers. They're being asked to be technologists. They're being asked to be financial analysts in some cases. Um, and so that's what we saw kind of as macro trends that said, wow, the job description is, is changing. How can we help this community better navigate those changes? So what you're telling us, Mike, is that event planners aren't just planning fun parties. <laughs> Not only that, but there's this immense amount of pressure to be relevant, to be valuable, to create an experience, to integrate technology, and then to prove it all back to your, your C-suite, your senior stakeholders, the industry, that you're doing it all right. 
So exactly. no pressure. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and I think traditionally, you know, when we th- when we think about planning events, a lot of the, the key indicators of event success is, do we have a lot of people there? Are we driving attendance? And when people go to those events, are they satisfied? Do they enjoy the content and the events and the networking and everything? So I can imagine this maturity model has changed that perception quite a bit. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so, it, Brooke, it's interesting. What you've put your finger on is is a common element of how people define event success. And indeed, everything you just talked about is part of the evolution model. But it's a small part. Um, the, the thing about the evolution model is it looks broadly across multiple um, what we call centers of performance that make up a great event program. And so while attendance is one of them, the model looks at four things to kind of assess an organization's maturity. It looks at your event strategy. How is that strategy developed, right? Is it purposeful? Um, do you have a reason for hosting the events you host and for attending the events you attend? So event strategy is one component. Um, event execution is another component that the, that the evolution model looks like. Right, great, you got your strategy. How well are you able to execute that strategy? And how well are you able, and how well are you, how, how well are you able to do that at scale? Um, then it looks at attendee experience, right? We talked about relevance and value. Are you able to deliver a great personalized attendee experience on site. Um, There's a great saying, I can't take credit for it, but it's increasingly now that the job before event planners and event professionals is not to deliver an event for 2,000 people. It's to deliver 2,000 individual experiences within one event. And so the model looks at that. Um, And then the last thing the model looks at is, is measurement and optimization, right? You've done all that great work. Are you able to prove and improve the value of that experience you just delivered? And so, Brooke, to your point, right? Yeah, attendee counts and attendee satisfaction, always important, right? That's always a part of it. Um, But the model looks much broader to really assess um, how that, how mature that event program is. And I think uh, there's an appreciation here that the model just kind of also just breaks it down for the planner, you know, because it can feel overwhelming when you have all of these things, but it really puts these into those centers of performance. So you can better understand how to execute, how to strategize, how to promote all of that and create those yeah. 2,000 individual experiences. <laughs> so. <laughs> Definitely. We, we really look there, there are evolution models and maturity models. That's been a, it's been part of industries for years. We, what we really strove for here was to, to build a very practical and usable um, set of tools for, for planners. So, so Brooke, you're absolutely right, right. For each of these areas that I just talked about, uh, we break that down into four specific sub elements. Um, And I know it can sound overwhelming, but when you get, when you get right down to it, it's, it's 16 questions. Right? It's 16 areas that the model kind of probes and asks. And at the end of those 16 questions, um, you hopefully get a real good insight into how your, your program is compared to other peers. So I'm coming from the technology side of things. So this is all pretty much new information for me. And I find it really interesting. But can I, at a high level, can you let me know, like, what can a planner or marketer of events expect to take away from this kind of report? Great. Well, so the first thing I would say is that it, it will allow them to understand where they are and where their where their program is relative to the broad community of use. So let me let me explain that for a second. The, um, 
over since since events inception, over three million events have been managed through the platform. So there's a tremendous amount of of data and insights there, as meetings and events of all levels of complexity and all levels of frequency have come through the program that the platform. We get a really good sense of of everything from the smallest to the largest meeting. So the first thing that people can take away from that is ah now I understand where I am relative to my peers. The second thing, and arguably the more important thing that, that they'll get out of it, is very specific practical next steps on how to improve, right? Because if, oh, I'm, I'm approaching staffing this way. If I wanted to just get a little bit better, here's a tip for me to improve my staffing model to get me to this next level. Or I'm approaching registration or attendee experience this way. And here's a very practical next step for me. If I want to up my game a little bit, here's the next thing I can do to help get me from this level to the next level. So in each of these areas, there's a very practical next step that the planner can take to continue to improve. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you know, but my question here is how can an event professional figure or event professional um, figure out where they are in the event maturity model? Ah. Yeah. Got is there it. an assessment, Mike? Yeah, I'm just wondering, is there somewhere we can go for that? <laughs> you you got it. So so what we've tried to do is make this easy. So we've built an assessment. We've built a 16-question assessment where a planner can go in, tell us a little bit about themselves and the meetings they run. Do they host meetings? Do they attend meetings? Do they do a little bit of both? And then based on those answers, they're walked through a set of 16 questions um, that ask, that solicits their feedback on how they approach these different parts of events. How do they staff? How do they they treat the on-site experience, um, right? How do they manage their budgets? And at the end of that, they get a score. Um, they are they are put into one of four levels of event maturity: an E1 level, which is the the foundational level. We call that emergent. Uh, they're put into an E2 level, which is uh, elevated. E3, which is evolved, and E4, which is expert. And uh, I'll ask for your guys' forgiveness right up front um, for starting all of those with E. Um, cut us some slack on that one. <laughs> I actually we tried liked to be, it. Yeah. yeah cohesive. <laughs> I was feeling that. Um, we, we tried to be a little cute, but uh, maybe we went yeah. overboard. But And even with the expert, there's still room to improve, right? Like if you come out of this quiz as an expert, there's still these kind of these things that you could do to improve whatever it is you need to. Look, there, there, there definitely are. Now, I will say, you know, Brooke, that that you know, thousands of people have taken this assessment since we since we first launched it, and uh, we do see only about less than ten percent of these responders are up in that expert level. Um, you're killing it if you're up at the expert level. Um, you are you are executing global programs at scale with high degrees of sophistication and excellence. Um, so it, that is a that is a high bar, but but yes, I think your fundamental point is right. Even if you're an expert, um, how can you take those learnings and apply them to additional scale opportunities within your event program? Yeah. So we queued you up pretty nicely with that, Mike, <laughs> with the quiz, um, and now everybody wants to know where they're at. So if you go to cvent.com/podcast, we'll have that quiz where you can figure out where you're at in the maturity model, and also access to the ebook too. So um, you can see if you're at that expert level. Yeah. Cody's going there right now. I'm so excited <laughs> for it. I'm going to take it right after we're finished recording. But one of the questions I have also is, you know, what does the model measure exactly? You know, what competencies does Cvent look at when determining where to place an organization in terms of its uh, overall maturity? 
Yeah, great. Let me let me walk you through them real quickly. And a couple a couple ground rules because one of the things that was really important to us, Cody, is that we didn't want planners to take this as a reflection of of their own maturity, of their own skill set. Right. It's important to point out here that the model evaluates an organization's maturity, not the planners themselves. Right. So 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 please take this. You know, and as you're as you're taking that assessment, we just talked through. Uh, make sure you're answering those questions as a result of you know how your organization approaches these. It's not an individual reflection on skill set, but but Cody, let me go back to your let me go back to your 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 question. So the the model looks at four things. It looks at event strategy, event execution, uh, the ability to deliver a great attendee experience on site, and measurement and optimization. So we call those the four centers of performance, um, and as and that's fundamentally the four areas that the model measured. Now, within each of those four are specific questions we ask. And so at the look, I, 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 won't, I won't take you through all of them, but, but let me maybe take one and get, give the audience a sense for, for how deep the model goes. So let's talk about event execution for a second, right? When the model tries to assess how well an organization is doing at executing their events, we look at four things. We look at how is that how is the event staffing handled? Is it, is it being staffed with somebody's you know, part-time, half-time, overtime job? Or are there actually event professionals there or teams of event professionals that are in charge of executing the event? So staffing is one component of event execution. Another component of event execution is event technology. What technology and tools do you use to facilitate these processes and the logistics? We've got customers that are still using Excel documents and and um, uh, you know Google documents and sticky notes to to plan and execute their events. So event technology is something we look at to, to determine how advanced an organization is with their ability to execute the events. Um, a third one is scalability. Right, what we see over and over again is organizations are fine when they're planning and executing a single event, but the second, a third, or a fourth, or a fifth come online that need to be planned and executed simultaneously, boy, things break, right? Things go wrong. So scalability is an element that the model looks at for event execution. Um, and then what we've done um, also in the event execution side is looked at, at your ability to capture leads at these events. Because still for many organizations, one of the main reasons they go to an event or host an event is new leads for their business. And so we look at how mature an organization is, how disciplined are they um, to capture and repatriate the leads that they get at those shows. So Cody, that's just one example in one pillar of the type of things that the model looks at. Um, and there are those four kind of sub-questions in each of those four areas of performance, strategy, execution, attendee experience, and measurement and optimization. Great. Yeah. So we just went over like what the model measures exactly, but why would a company want to go from one level to the next? Like really, what are the rewards? Ah, great, great question. So the rewards of going from one level to the next are several. Um, let's, let's start at the ability for additional financial returns to the business, right? As you're able to better execute your events at scale, the, what the model sees there is you're able to increase your lead flow. You're able to do more, more efficiently. You might be able to reduce staff time. You might be able to reduce um, uh, staff budget, especially if you're outsourcing some of those things. So you can get more efficient in the execution of your event. 
you can drive more leads from your event program. And maybe what's most important to a lot of the event professionals we talk to is as they climb up that maturity, maturity curve, they're able to prove and improve the impact of their event. Right. So, so and, and let me let me kind of explain that for a second, because I think this is really important. It as you climb up this maturity model, sure, a lot of events can tell you, yeah, we had 1,200 people there, and at $100, you know, per person, this was our revenue associated with the event. As you get up the maturity curve, you can tell your company that. But you can also look out for the next six to 12 months and see how much new business was influenced from that event. So it, you, you start to get a broader sense of the value, and you're able to start tying that additional revenue back to the event itself. And that's a level of evidence of impact that most organizations just kind of expect from their marketing departments now and their events departments now. And so as you climb up that event maturity model, you're able to, to shed more light on that, part, on that part of it as well. And I know we've talked before about um, taking a seat at the table, and I'm sure that this goes a long way in doing that. Ab absolutely. Look, if you, can, if you can sit across the table from your CFO or your CEO or your president and say, this is, this is exactly how much we spent, this is exactly how much we got out of it, not only in registration revenue, but in new leads, in contribution to our pipeline, new members if you're an association, or contribution to ultimately revenue, um, you are starting to have a very different conversation with your C-suite. Um, the topics turn from event logistics to your ability and your team's ability to contribute to bottom line business performance. Um, and that is a great place to be. That's a great place for the community to evolve to. Excellent. Well, great. So uh, you did describe very well uh, you know, why a company would want to go from one level to the next. But my question now is how? How does an organization go from one level to the next? And what do they have to do or demonstrate? Yeah, so so it, great question. It it the answer there depends on where they are weakest. So as they take this assessment, they get not only do they get an individual an overall score for the maturity of their of their event program, but they get a score for each individual question they answered. So let me give you one example. Let's say they answered that uh, when they look at how. They staff their events. They're like, wow, you know what? We don't we don't have any professional staffers on plan. It's it's on on, on our on our team. We just uh, somebody gets asked to plan and execute an event, and it's their half time, part time, overtime job, right? The how do they get better at that point is the model will tell them, look, if at that level you're at an E one, if you want to get to an E two, we'd recommend you start high, you you onboard one or two professional planners. Right, to start the professionalization of your staffing. Let's say that they, that, that they got an E1 score on event technology, where they are still managing registrations on Excel spreadsheets. Right? The model will immediately present them a next tip. Look, you might want to start thinking about a purpose-built registration tool to help you kind of better onboard and better capture registration data and better automate that data. So Cody, it, it, it depends on where they land on each individual answer in, in terms of the specific, okay, tell me how I can improve. What can I do next? But I will tell you that the model will evaluate them even at that very granular level and give them an immediate tip to how to improve that specific thing if that's what they want to focus on. 
Well, before we let you go, Mike, is there anything else you feel like this audience needs to know? Well, I think the the, the one takeaway here, um, and it's 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 hopefully it's inherent in the model, but it's also been just an observation of mine um, since I really joined the meetings and events industry about four years ago. Um, and that takeaway is, you know, God, you look at this, and even even regardless of how how far and how fast we've come, that we're really just getting started. Um, it, you know, that it's what is continues to strike me is the tech usage is here and it's accelerating. Um, it's accelerating quickly. And so as we talk to our customers and others, um, what, the thread that always comes to mind is it, it really technology needs to become a core competence, not only of planners, but of organizations, because um, there's so much benefit of it. Um, and there's, and there's, it, it's such a great way to harness the rapidity of the change that's happening and make it work for you. Sounds like an exciting time to be in the events industry. It is. It's always been a little nutty. It's always been a little crazy, um, but um, it is a great time to be here. That's awesome. Thank you, Mike. Great. Thanks for having me. I love talking to Mike, and I feel like we were only able to scratch the surface on this topic. Yeah, I agree. And to hear more about Mike's thoughts on the event maturity model and to take the maturity assessment, visit our website at cvent.com slash podcast. So, what did you think about the event maturity model? We love hearing from you, so email us at podcast at cvent.com and tell us about it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Next week is going to be good. It sure is. I'll talk to you all then. 